Hi everyone, this is Diva from Blood Hunter and you're listening to the Metal Pit Podcast. Welcome to the Metal Pit Podcast and welcome to 2024. Happy New Year to everyone listening. This is our first podcast of the new year, of course. And this podcast is, of course, connected to our website, The Metal Pit, which is themetalpit.org. And we are doing this, we're doing a review of the year 2023 because of the website, because usually our podcast, we're just talking about a classic metal album. But this episode is we're reviewing the year in metal in 2023. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at The Metal Pit and on our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com at The Metal Pit 666. I am your host, Blake, and today I have three writers with the metal pit for me. One's not a writer, but I'm calling her a writer today. <laughs> so I have Jason, Kim, and Billy. How are you guys all doing today? All good, Blake. Hey. <laughs> Happy New Year. Happy New, Happy New Year. Year. <laughs> okay. So I asked Cheers. you three to join me on this episode since the three of you have been to the most concerts of any of the writers of the Metal Pit have been to. I've only been to one. So I thought, I don't know much about it. So I got you three on so we could talk about it. And you've been to many. Do you know how many concerts you've been to this year? Any of you? Did you count or did you lose count? Oh, God, no, no idea. But I have a feeling Billy's been to more than me. Yeah, I'm going to guess I was plus 30 for sure. Billy goes to everyone, I think. Yeah, well, Billy lives in, in the city, so it's easier <laughs> yeah, it for helps. him. He even goes to Blue Rodeo. That's true. <laughs> hey, you know, why not? This year. <laughs> well, I hear Honeymoon Suite has a new album coming out next year. But anyway, I digress. Okay. I'm so, cool okay. We're going to start with, well, we'll start with Kim. Kim and Jason both went to Beyond the Gates Festival. I hope I got the right name there. Back in, when was that? March, I think, right? August. August, sorry. It's already. So, Kim, do you want to tell us a little bit about that festival? That was your first time going. you want to talk about that a little bit, please? Sure. Uh, yeah, so Beyond the Gates uh, in Bergen, Norway, uh, takes place over four days. And... Uh, it's one that I've, it's been on my list for a long time, but, you know, getting to Europe is um, a big deal and you kind of got to pick and choose and like go to one or two at a time. So anyways, this was the first year going to be on the gates. Um, <clears throat> it was really cool, really special because uh, I have a lot of friends there. Um, so, you know, um, going to this festival and like, in in you know across the world and and being able to hang out with friends was was really cool uh the venues were amazing the lineup was amazing uh lots of black metal but then they would you know throw something in like deicide which was absolutely amazing and maybe we'll get into that later and you know perturbator um seeing perturbator was definitely on my bucket list and 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 being in a, a very large venue full of uh metalheads dancing was something i never thought i'd see and i definitely want to do it again lots and of fun to, for context perturbator is a synth wave band not a metal band at all 
Yeah, but I think yeah. like dude used to like he yeah, started he was as a, a black, black metal, metal band. band. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, there's a connection there, and, and it definitely fits. Uh, yeah. Um, the venues were were really cool. Uh, I think the first couple of nights were at a venue that was like an old, um, fishing, uh warehouse or something so it it actually had like a couple of venues so you would go see you know the first band and then in in like the smaller venue and then you would move over to the larger venue and and they would they would have the next band on in let's say 15 minutes so it was non-stop like you didn't have to wait kind of like like you do at, at a normal show and back and forth so that venue was very cool there was a huge patio on the docks you could look at the the Norwegian fjords and and uh something that's really cool about Norway is uh I guess like this kind of music is much more accepted so you know you'd go you'd go out on the patio at, at, at this building which also had restaurants and you know um hotels and stuff in it because it's just this massive building and and you'd sit down and there would be like 60 percent metalheads but then you'd see like you know, this elderly couple having their dinner and wine because they were at the building for whatever other reason. And, and it, it's not a thing, like, it's just normal there. Uh, and, and that's cool. Cause you don't get that here. Like black metal, especially in North America, uh, to, to the norm, uh, is, is scary. And, you know, so that was cool. And then, uh, of course, Greek Holland, famous Greek Holland, uh, absolutely beautiful venue newer um beautiful and uh i think mayhem recorded an album there it has a lot of like history in in black metal in in norway and uh it was really cool to to spend a couple of nights there um my favorite part about the festival i think was just having such a uh, a good group of friends with me um some some people that we know in holland came up and you know of course our Norwegian friends and then just meeting new friends uh I think I think after the first night we just like had this crew of like 10 people that just stuck together throughout the whole festival and now we're like friends for life so it was really great um it was run very professionally and uh yeah that was my experience what do you think Jason yeah I think you pretty much nailed it um for me it was really cool being a a long time Norwegian black metal fan going back to the mid nineties, um, experiencing some of this, uh, especially enslaved, who's a classic, um, uh, legendary Norwegian black metal band, um, play in the venue that they recorded one of their early albums in was super, super awesome. And as Kim mentioned, Greg Holland has a lot of history behind it. Uh, mayhem recorded their, uh, legendary album De Mysterious Dom Satanas uh, in Greek Holland and uh, Enslaved recorded their Eld album in Greek Holland. Um, so just standing in that that uh, that venue and ex experiencing Norwegian black metal, Demo Brigir played um, and experiencing black metal in the venue. It was, a, it, in, it was, it venue was their that, anniversary. Yeah, it was their anniversary. So they did it was an their, anniversary their 40th, show. right? Yeah. Was it 40 or no, 35? no, 30th. So it was 35 no yeah. 35 yeah, yeah because we we actually caught demu's 30th anniversary at midgard's block five years ago yeah so yeah, in Norway, we were too. lucky yeah. we were lucky to catch both and you actually reminded me one of the cool things about going to uh these norwegian festivals because there's so much history 
in black metal Norway. Um, there's always these uh, tours that go on uh, during these festivals, like both in Bergen and also at if you go to Inferno in Oslo. Um, so you can go to like um, Fantoff Staff Church to see like the church that Bard Bikerness burnt down. You can go to, you know, uh, Nesblood uh, record uh store in oslo if you go to inferno and you know see sort of like the roots of 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 the black metal scene there in oslo and um euronymous and and because he owned that and you can go downstairs and they have this museum for euronymous and and another cool thing that we did on that trip actually was we went to the norwegian uh national uh, library national library in oslo and they had this badass black metal uh exhibit. exhibit there and you go in it's all dark and like they're playing black metal and they have all these tv screens up of interviews and like you know shit that went down in the church burnings and people getting arrested people getting murdered mm -hmm. and they had like all this memorabilia and it, and you it was wa walk through it and it was crazy to see when we were walking through it there was an old couple and you could go to a tv and put headphones on and watch a video from like say like satiricon or enslaved or mayhem and just seeing like just normal old people just like putting the headphones on learning the history and just kind of rocking <laughs> out banging. to the music yeah, <laughs> yeah. we we're like yeah. that's super yeah. cool that they but the funny thing is kim mentioned that this this music was reviled back in the day by uh just a typical norwegian you know person but now it's completely embraced it's their biggest cultural export so yeah i think the festival really kind of showcases how far along not only Norwegian black metal, but extreme metal in general has come. Um, because like Kim said, there were other bands. Deicide played. Um, there were lots of death metal bands that played. It was a nice kind of yeah, mix. Yeah, like Blood Incantation, of, yeah, you know, yeah. played. It was mostly black metal. Like I uh, got to see Gorgoroth for the first Primordial. time. Primordial. Really cool. uh, Primordial, yeah. Like was kind of bucket black list. folk. Yeah. yeah, bucket list. There were so many bucket lists on that that lineup. And then there were like bands like um oh oh creator played uh they oh yeah yeah that that's was right super awesome so yeah very very cool festival i think that's and you're going back this year do you know the bands that are going to be there like do you know what bands you're looking forward to or are they not announced yet maybe all they're all announced yeah, yeah. Oh, are they? Okay. yeah yeah um Actually, a lot of bands we've already seen, I think. Satyricon are... is playing two sets, one old school set and one more modern set of their material. But Kim and I went to Norway in 2018 and caught Satyricon, just a one-off show that we traveled over there to see uh, in Trondheim. So this will be our second time seeing them. Yeah, so it's it's mayhem, Uh which is cool. I mean, we've seen Mayhem many times, but they're doing like a 40th anniversary. Mm -hmm. uh, it's Behemoth, um, which again, seen many, many times, but like not not recently. So mm. it'll be it'll be cool to see them again. Satyricon doing their two sets. There's a Bathory tribute show. Uh, they're going to do a tribute to, to Bathory for one set. And there's like all kinds of um, in um, super group right yeah yeah like of norwegian like black notor metal. notorious black metal musicians like getting together to to do this bathory things which is going to be really yeah. cool there's also uh venom's going to be there watain's going to be there treldom is going to play it and it's actually going to be their first live show ever which is um gall from gorgoroth uh if you know that 
documentary where he's like satan <laughs> um it's his first band so they haven't played ever uh so that's cool oh nice. and then one other thing kim and i went to a wine tasting in bergen that gall from gorgoroth hosted because he's a big mm-hmm. wine connoisseur so we bought tickets and we went to a very exclusive uh wine wine tasting and got really drunk in the middle of the afternoon with a co- another Canadian couple we sat at their table from Calgary who were in Norway too and it was kind of like breakfast because you know when you go to these festivals you're up so late and then yeah. you get up late and then I think we got up and we had to run we were literally we were running late yeah because we, we were late and yeah. uh and we got there and I don't even know if we had eaten yet and then we were just drinking yeah. like I don't know like 12 different kinds of wine for and three hours it was, it was the best day yeah with gall you can't ask for with gall yeah. yeah exactly okay awesome okay now we'll switch to billy here now about the same time because i know you're gone at the same time Valken was going on in germany and billy was there for his 10th time and we already did wow. a podcast me and billy on that his experience there this year but we'll talk about it a little billy you can i know you had bad weather conditions there this year you can talk about it a little bit if you'd like again please yeah sure so yeah i think uh this was definitely a year of uh, a bad weather so uh, germany was just hit with like rain for a week before the festival um so probably about three days before it was set to start, uh, at least 40% of the, the festival grounds were flooded. Um, so ultimately, uh, they, 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 they basically had to tow everybody one car at a time in these giant tractors uh, to get them on the festival grounds. So long story short, I mean, for the first time in Wacken history, uh, basically they had to shut the grounds down uh, and 35,000 people with tickets were not allowed in. Uh, They were basically told to to stay home. Um, Just unfortunately with the mud in the grounds, there was no way to get them in. Um, So really the festival was, you know, to sum it up, muddy, um, uh, cold, raining every single day. Uh, Towards the end, we we got some nicer weather, but, um, but again, as I said in the uh, the podcast, kudos to the organizers. I mean, they did everything they could. Uh, and unfortunately, we had some really late starts on the first day, which is incredibly rare, right? I mean, the one thing Germans can do really well is timelines and being organized. So that was very unusual, but understandable given the weather. Uh, and then, you know, once we got through that first day, the next three days, uh, everything aside from the mud all over the place, uh the, the all the bands came on perfectly right on schedule so it, it turned out quite good um you know obviously my view is you know one of the 50,000 who got in uh, I, I know the 35,000 that didn't get in were not too happy um uh, and yeah. uh, you know my my view is they they probably should have got like a free you know a free ticket or or a half price ticket to next uh, year yeah yeah and unfortunately all they got is a half price t shirt uh, <laughs> and so that that's not that's not that's not very good right like you burn know, you know, we'll, we'll give you a t shirt for ten bucks instead of twenty dollars um, so so that's all they got but 
um, again, knock on wood, I, I got on there early uh, on the ground. So, so I was pretty good, but uh, overall great festival, uh, amazing bands there. Um, you know, one new cool thing this year is they ended up uh, doing these drone shows. Uh, and so like when Halloween played uh, at the end of the uh, night, um, they had all the drones up in the air doing uh, Halloween, doing the pumpkins, uh, doing the dancing pumpkins. It was pretty cool. And they did that That's for cool. our meeting. They did it for all the stuff. So despite, you know, the mess that was going on uh, and, and all the extra expenses to keep this festival going, and of course the lost ticket revenue, because uh, they did have to refund the tickets, they still did all this extra stuff, uh, which again, kudos to the organizers. Uh, it's the, it's the drone show like is it similar to a fireworks show like it's in no like no so, so it's actually like thousands of little drones that are that are all uh, in the sky doing yeah, a... in the sky and they, they yeah. do they form all these shapes oh wow uh, oh cool so it's really cool and then can it, i ask you something yeah so as somebody that's been to Vakin like 10 times what how was it being there with like what half the people or yeah, so yeah. fifty thousand of the eighty-five. Okay, so yeah, almost almost half the people. Was it like, a different experience? The line or? the lineups must have been shorter, and yeah. you know, was a little bit less squishy. Like, yeah. Did like, you notice? Oh yeah, no, definitely, yeah. So like things like food stands, uh, merch lines. Like usually merch lines, you're looking at two hours minimum. Here, I was just like walking Whoa. up and buying a T-shirt. So stuff like Two that. Hours. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Uh, the beer lines were like significantly reduced, but but it was funny because like when you're on the festival grounds, it, it still seemed like pretty busy because there were these massive patches of mud and nobody wanted to stand there. So like you, you walk had all slower these because you're like. Yeah. yeah so everyone's crowded the on the drier spot, so you're still pretty right. much crowded in there, but there's all these empty spaces. Very cool. That's funny. Yeah. And you're going back again this year. Do you know what bands you're looking forward to seeing coming this year? Yeah, this year. Do you know what bands yeah. you're looking forward to seeing? Uh, so so they probably only announced about half. Okay. Uh, but yeah, there's some good stuff there. Blind Guardian is going to be there. Uh, Axev, KK's Priest, Opeth, uh, Primal Fear, Rage, Raven, uh, Testament, nice. uh, Violence. Like lots, lots of cool old bands. Um, uh, Scorpions, but I'm not a big Scorpions fan. They just announced Corn. That was a bit of a disappointment for me. <laughs> Weird. Uh, yeah. But yeah. This sounds like a Jason festival to me no i'm not into corn anymore i had my heyday <laughs> back in the mid 90s and that seems to be a bit of a trend like uh, the previous uh two year two festivals ago they added slipknot like they never used to have those bands but yeah. it brings in more people though yeah brings in a different, different demographic crowd. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, I want to ask you quickly 10 times what's the appeal to Vakken for you is it just comfort at this point you just know it so well or yeah so so comfort is a factor but i think it's just the, the i mean this sounds like you know cheesy or but it, it's just the you know that that metal culture there 
right? Like everybody there loves heavy metal. And, and I know that's probably the case, you know, at the festival you were at, but this truly is the, the most international festival. Um, mm -hmm. So like, you you know, like I, I end up like renting my tent because you got to camp on the grounds there. So for like people who are coming from far, they actually rent tents and stuff. So like, you know, I, I come in my tent and I come out and the guy next to me is from Australia. There's somebody across from me from Japan. Uh, That's cool. I mean, literally you know all south america it's all the amazing people you meet uh from all over the world and, and you know that's really the only festival i've seen that much uh sort of diversification of the audience so so nice. that, that's yeah. probably the biggest thing it's just everybody there uh just truly loves and lives metal and they're willing to sort of travel across the world for it so it's that spirit uh, I that think... i haven't been able to capture anywhere else now, did, did they give you any type of like plaque for 10 years in a row? Like, geez, yeah. man. Yeah. Uh, I mean, <laughs> like, I need people who, who have been to every one, right? Like all three. Yeah. Right. So it's pretty common. Yeah. Uh, one yeah. thing just on that point, though, 70K tons of metal, they actually track every festival you go to and you get gifts based on how many times you've been. So that's, wow, that's cool. There they do that. What like 270,000 tons specifically. Right. Yeah. 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 So like yeah, if you've cool. been to the mall, like, I mean, they're, they're not the greatest thing, but like t-shirts and calendars, yeah, yeah. they're little gifts yeah. for you in your That's room cool. when you check in. So it's the thought that counts. Yeah. 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 Now, do you prefer a festival on a boat or on land? Or is it just two totally different experiences that you love both? Yeah. Well, you're not going to get seasick on land, but you're not going to get yeah. hot on a boat. So yeah. Yeah, like I mean, they're very different, but I, I'll say this: as I get older, uh, the boat's quite comfortable, right? You, you, <laughs> you're yeah. sleeping on the ground in the cold, in the rain, the mud. You don't have any of that on the you boat. You got a bed, you got a shower, you got exactly. your own private air conditioning, yeah. you got yeah. heat, you got swimming pools, buffets. Uh, yeah, exactly. All you can yeah. eat, and you can sit at a table and eat, right? You're not sitting in the mud eating dinner. Mm -hmm. So all those things make a big difference. Oh, and, and you guys will appreciate this. One of the the best thing about 70K tons of metal, every band plays twice. So oh, you're, you're I didn't know that. Sets. Yeah, yeah. Why is that? And how does that work? Uh, so basically, you know, there's like five or six stages across the boat. Um, and so, you know, they said, obviously. That is a massive boat. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I've never been to 70,000 oh, yeah. tons. So that that's a huge boat, five or six stages. Like Hellfest had five or six stages. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, well, cruise ships now, I mean, this is probably, they use a smaller cruise ship that fits like 3,500 uh, people, but there's now cruise ships with 8,000 people. Uh, they're wow. like floating resorts, right? So it's pretty easy to do, actually. Like Small one cities. of them, they put yeah. right up at the top. And like people are in the swimming pool and the hot tubs watching the shows. It's pretty now, cool. is is it true that the bands just hang out? That you can just run into? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Uh, like the the yeah. Last where are they gonna morning, go? Yeah. The last morning, I had coffee with uh, uh, Zetro, the singer of Exodus. We had coffee oh, nice. for a half hour. Like you know, and and you know, they even do these one day you make a stop somewhere. Like so, last time it was in Jamaica, and all the bands lead these excursions. So you get on a bus with the band. And you go hang out for a day. That's so wow. cool. So like it's, just, cool. it's a unique thing that you could it's, you just can't duplicate it anywhere. So can you choose the band you want to hang out with? 
Uh, yeah, you like, can. When you pick yeah. them. Like there's bands. Uh, like you know, there's like a you know, a, you go sightseeing with one band, or yeah. another band goes to a beach, or another band does like ATV riding. So it's all different. that's amazing. Yeah, very cool. And well, since you're on the topic of the cruise and you're going in like less than a month, what bands are you most looking forward to seeing on this cruise? Yeah, and so definitely uh, a couple of good ones here. But this is the interesting thing about 70K Tons of Metal. They're they're terrible at band announcements. So there's still 24 bands uh, to be announced. Uh, oh, and it's soon. Out of the 60. And, and that's very common, right? Sometimes they're announcing bands when I'm like, you know, getting getting ready to board in two days so they're very bad at pre-announcements but so far for me like some of the big ones will be sodom uh blind guardian gravedigger tigers of pantang uh aborted uh, and angra are some of the uh, the main ones i want to see first hmm. okay and i uh, see you all and all three of you and me too we're in ontario canada here and so we have to go to Toronto usually to see shows. So you you guys have all been to a lot of shows. So Jason or Kim, what are some of your favorite shows that you've seen in Toronto this year? Well, Kim should go. Or last she, year. She photographs everything. So she has a better perspective on. She's been to more shows than me. That's for sure. Well, not everything. Uh, <laughs> you know, Billy's Billy did some. But <clears throat> yeah, I actually have a really long list of like great shows this year. And I don't know if it's because... I, I and I said this in my my um individual year end list that it this year was the year that really felt like things got back to normal uh for me, like after COVID and, and stuff. Um <laughs> so there were a lot of shows and I went to a lot of shows. Um and a lot of them really stuck out. Like uh Incantation was one, uh love this band, great guys, you know, friends with them. It was just really cool to hang out and you know, they they just kill it every time I see them. Uh, Rotting Christ. I, I had seen Rotting Christ once before at uh, Midgardsblatt, um, just south of Oslo in Norway. And and uh, I remember being good, but like something about um, seeing them this year on this tour, they they really just had like so much energy. And, and, and I, you know, I just was really, really into it and, and really great show and just put on put on an, an an awesome performance. So that was one. Um Deicide and Perturbator at Beyond the Gates. And in I mentioned this earlier, like for Deicide, you know, one of my favorite death metal bands of all time. And I had seen them, they were one of the first extreme metal bands that I ever saw when I was, you know, 16 years old. And somehow I didn't see them again for almost 30 years. And seeing them at Beyond the Gates, uh, you know, you don't you kind of like you're like oh this is an old band you don't expect too much from them uh but man like like glenn benton he 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 just like he just gives it like he did 30 years ago you know he's he's just as possessed he's just as badass he's spitting on the crowd and and doing his thing and and it and it, it was really like not too much too much different and and, and it was really cool and it brought me back to like those days perturbator again like i said just you know dancing uh in the middle of a metal show that was quite the experience wills in the throne room bucket list band that i really wanted to see got to see them that was really cool um suffocation always a good time those guys kill it uh catatonia that was a bucket list for me never saw them before i got to see them this year uh they did an amazing job um 
And I'm going to say uh, the most recent one, cattle decapitation with immolation in Sanguisha Kebab, who was a new find for me. Like I, I learned about Sanguisha Kebab from because of the show and I looked them up and they ended up on my year end list because I liked them so much, but that was a great show because we got to hang out Blake. And yes. not only did we get to hang Billy. out, but, yeah. but uh, we, we got to uh, get into the press pit together. Yes. That was cool. But, my first yeah. concert in four years. <laughs> yeah. And like you said, Jason, so Billy was there, but you know, so was Ken and, and it yeah. was kind of like a, a metal yeah. pit hangout. Which, yeah, not reunion, I guess. Hangout, yeah. yeah. Hangout, yeah. And we did hadn't done that at all this year. So so that's a uh a, a show that, you know one for the memories. One of my favorites. Well, yeah. That's my yeah. that's my favorite show of the year. <laughs> Since it's only, <laughs> <You're> only. <Yeah. laughs> Jason, do yeah. you have any shows you want to talk about that you that you also saw or same saw, ones or whatever? Yeah, Kim saw more than me, but we saw mainly the same ones. Um I would say, uh, you know, the suffocation incantation show was really awesome. Um, getting to hang out with our friends in incantation again, really close to those guys. John's a really good friend. So we got to hang out with him for a good portion of the night and shoot the shit. And we hadn't seen him since Amsterdam, right, Kim? We hung out with him in Amsterdam yeah. uh, several was, years ago. Like but, maybe uh, five years ago. Yeah. Got drunk with him in Amsterdam, but, um, and then we uh, got to hang out with Suffocation, hung out on their bus for a while, talked video games and old school death metal. And that was a lot of fun hanging out with Terrence. And um, I've been a big fan of them since 1993. And in fact, they're the reason I got into death metal and into death metal singing. Um, so getting to hang out with those guys was super, super cool. And they put on an awesome performance with their new singer. Um, so... That was super, super, uh, probably my favorite show. Um, next to that would have been the Cannibal Corpse, uh, Blood Incantation and Gorgut show. Seen Cannibal Corpse many times. So, you know, I hung out on the patio with friends mainly during their set, caught a couple of songs. Cannibal is Cannibal. You know, if you've seen them once, you've seen them a hundred times. Um, but seeing Gorguts, Luke LeMay, uh, I actually the last time i saw them i opened for them with my band blood of christ back in the uh mid 90s and uh you know i was a huge fucking pan fan to the point that my i my mom painted the gore guts uh with like fabric paints on my vest back <laughs> in the early 90s that's how much of a fan i was so a few years later i got to play with them um open for them and uh and then seeing them again this year it'd been many years oh, actually kim and i saw them in montreal uh several yeah years but ago. that was like seven years ago like it, it yeah. I, th I feel like it's been a while since Gorguts has been on the road yeah it had been a long while and uh getting to chat with luke the singer main songwriter he he manned the merch booth which was like an hour lineup i think all night long but he was there at the merch booth, the only guy selling their shirts, uh, got to chat with him, and that was a lot of fun. Um, but, yeah, apart from that, um, what else was really great? Uh, Primordial. Primordial, yeah. Uh, uh, Beyond the Gates. <laughs> Funny, we that was yeah. fucking yeah, incredible. I, I think that, that was probably, so I've been photographing bands for 10 years, and this was the first band that I was in the pit, and I just wanted to, put my camera away and watch the show like it no. was 
It was very epic. It was a good yeah, show. They, they're, they're so powerful. Yeah, they're really mind-blowing in the live setting. Just something about them that translates very well. And the funny thing is, the singer from Primordial, Alan, uh, he was DJing uh, all during the Beyond the Gates Festival, all the whole festival. So, like, if you would go to the kind of the common area between shows to have a smoke or just hang out, uh, they would have a DJ booth, and he was DJing all night. So um, that was really cool uh, that he was just hanging out with everyone, and uh, he's a cool guy. Um, but yeah, that's mainly it. Those were probably my uh, favorite favorite shows of the year. Okay, and Billy, how about you? What good shows did you see besides the festival they were just talking about? Yeah, so a few of the bands that uh, Kim and Jason mentioned, I was there as well. Um, so won't touch on those. Uh, I, I think Obituary was a great show this oh, year. Oh, yeah, um, that was a good one. Yeah, uh, Obituary is my favorite band uh, and also probably my favorite live band. Uh, I've seen them easily 40 plus times uh, wow. over the years, right uh, since their very first tour. Um that was great. You know, shout out to uh, a band that's opening up, but has a tendency to steal the show. 200 stab wounds. Yeah. These guys are great live. I mean, all hell breaks loose every time the crowd. Goes it's through. so true. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 the yeah. It was funny. I, I just recently saw them and they were in this small venue and their merch table uh, was like practically beside the mosh pit. And, you know, all uh -oh. they kept saying is, please watch out for the merch. Table. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, like everyone's bouncing in and knocking it. Yeah. All. It's just crazy. I just love uh, like their their persona that it's yeah. so serial killer, you know, on stage. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like they play it up. It's 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 very cool. Yeah, no, they they were good. Uh, Atheist and Cynic, uh, old school technical death metal. That was great. Uh, you know, was Kelly that in Schaefer. Toronto? Yeah, I was in Toronto. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, Kelly, Kelly Schaefer was still. Yeah, uh, Kelly yeah. Schaefer of Atheist. I mean, he doesn't play guitar anymore. He just sings. But yeah, this like new band of young musicians, and I mean, they just lit up those old songs. Like it was fantastic, fantastic to hear them played uh, with Kelly and these young guys. They they did a killer job. Um, Life of Agony, a cool band. Oh out man, of New York. Yeah. Uh, they were here in Toronto. They did their whole River Runs Red album. Um, so that was really cool. Uh, I know this is controversial, but Pantera uh, didn't really know what to expect, but I, I thought it actually went went quite well. Uh, I enjoyed the show and very respectful. I would have went to that. Now, the, Billy, uh, had you seen Pantera back in the day? Yeah, like, I, I any... saw that. Right? Yeah. I mean, not their 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 power metal albums, but from. No, 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 no. But like vulgar <laughs> display or whatever. Yeah. How would you compare? this this current um yeah i i would say you know the songs were were reproduced exactly as they were in the past i mean right. uh you know basically having you know the anthrax drummer um and you know the aussie guitar player there uh um you know th they can play those parts and so uh, you know it was really cool they had all the screens and you know you, you they were constantly showing you dime uh, dime bag and uh vinnie on the screen so very respectful for what it was but the songs had lots of energy Energy. I mean, they sold out the uh, what do they call it here? The Budweiser stage. So like, wow, 
15,000 yeah. people. And now they're coming back and playing the ACC, uh, the hockey arena. So, so it's really doing well. And it was cool to see like, you know, all the old guys like me were there, but all the young kids were there as well. Right. And yeah. so I'd say half the audience were seeing them for the first time. So I think the Abbott brothers would appreciate like a new audience finding uh, their yeah. It's kind of beautiful when you think of it that way, you know? Uh, yeah, no. So I, yeah. I thought I thought it was well. Uh, you know, Halloween was a great show. Saw them twice this year. Uh, once at Wacken, once in Toronto. And a really cool Toronto show. Uh, it's such an interesting lineup, but but I loved it. Uh, Carcass, Sacred Reich, Municipal Waste, and Creeping Death. So two <laughs> thrash bands, two death metal bands uh, at the Phoenix. That, that was a killer show. Uh, also, Vader was, was another good show I saw this year. Nice. Um, yeah, yep. lots of great music, you know, and uh, as Kim said, like, you know, it definitely feels like, uh, you know, touring's back and, uh, you know, I, from what I hear, bands can't even get buses uh, or, or anything these days to do their tours because everybody's. Oh, still, on um, that note, Billy, like yeah. one thing I one thing I did notice about this year was, you know, there was a lot of shows, but there was a lot of repeat bands. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like. like I saw, saw cattle twice, saw immolation like three times three in just times. over a year, yeah. you know, like cannibal a couple times. Like it, it there, there, it seems like, you know, I, I think those struggles are still happening. Like, you know, getting on tour is very expensive now for bands. So maybe, yeah. you know, only, you know, bands on, you know, bigger labels or whatever can really get out there. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, there was definitely a lot of shows, but a lot of shows of the same thing. So hopefully that yeah. changes in in good point. 2024. Yep. Okay. I think we've done enough talking about live shows from 2023. We're going to, the last few weeks on our website, our writers have all been given their top 15 albums of the year. And so we added all that up and now we have the Metal Pits top 15 of the year. So we're going to do that now. And we're going to start at number 15 and I'm going to let whoever knows the album or the band, the best can start talking about it if it's on your list or whatever. So even though I beg to differ on this one, but number 15 is prong with their 13th studio album, state of emergency. Who wants I, to talk I, about that one? I have to say like beg to differ is one of my favorite fucking albums of all time. <laughs> um, prove you wrong. Another one that their follow-up, one of my favorites i didn't like really anything after prove i mean there was that snap your head snap your neck i they lost me there when they got a little <clears throat> new metally they just lost me i think that was probably the late 90s early 2000s and then everything since could not get into and then this album came out and i'm like holy shit this is a fucking return to the prong i know the first two albums well i guess there was a sorry uh beg to differ was their second album there was an album before that but i got into them with beg to differ so anyways the, this new album kind of harkens back to that early prong sound and uh, i just loved the album i wasn't expecting to i put it on and i was like expecting to be disappointed again uh, as i have with every album uh for the last 20 years and uh it blew me away and it's it's one that i spin probably a couple of times a week at work while I'm working. So love that album. And yeah, Billy, you also like this one too, right? 
Yeah, I know that's interesting, Jason, because literally every single point you just made is the exact point I would have made. Uh, my favorite albums by them, the early ones, Lost Interest. This was my biggest surprise of 2023. Uh, and personally, I think it just might be as good as Beg to Differ, uh, yeah. which is also where I discovered them. But um, yeah, and then you throw in a cool Rush cover of Working Man yes. uh, on top yeah. of it all. And it's pretty cool. So yeah, this was kind of mid on my list. Again, my biggest surprise of the year for sure. Great album. Absolutely. Biggest surprise for sure. Yeah. Yep. Kim, do you want to add anything to that or not? No, I no, I can't because I didn't listen to it. Okay. <laughs> so our number 14th album is by the band Tailgunner, and this is actually their debut full-length album. It was released in July. The album is called Guns for Hire. Did anybody have this on their list? Have you three? I don't not think either. so. Anybody know this nope. band at all much? Yeah, I, I listen. It definitely wasn't on my my top fifteen, but that's just a matter of taste. Uh, you know, it, it's a band from the UK. It, it, it's following this uh, new wave of traditional heavy metal bands. So very much play old school metal, uh, very sort of eighties uh, inspired. Uh, not reinventing the wheel in any way, but they execute very well. Uh, it's a fun album. You know, you can enjoy it. Um, again, not on my top 15 but i can see why some of the other writers probably had it on there it's just well done okay and the number 13th is from the canadian death metal band tomb mold and it is their oh fourth studio album i think anyway it's called the enduring spirit and any of you like this one did anybody I have this on their list I'm not a Tomb Mold fan at all. I can't, I tried to get into the album. I've tried to get into every album. I find that, you know, from my perspective, I like my death metal old school. And <laughs> this is just a little too... Trying to be paint a little numbers? too... No, not paint by numbers, but a little too um, inclusive, I guess would be the word. I'm not against inclusivity at all, but uh, it kind of pulls in a bunch of stuff that in my estimation shouldn't doesn't belong in death metal um i know ken it was one of his favorite albums and ken's an old school guy so there's a many different um opinions on what these guys are doing so um yeah it's i think because there are so many different influences it loses focus in my opinion and i much prefer my death metal to be kind of one track um i like it to be focused and these guys, they don't really have a focus. It's kind of just an amalgamation, a hodgepodge, a smorgasbord of many different things into that they throw into this kind of death metal blender. And I don't know. I mean, I guess if you're a little more open-minded than me, you might love it. But I'm not so open-minded <laughs> with my, mu my musical. Uh, Was it on your list, Billy? No, I, I actually owned the, the, their previous album. And, you know, to be honest, it's just nothing that, that drags me back to play it. Um, so never even pick this up. Like I'm seeing it on like not just Ken, but like it's, it's, it's you know, top three. I think Jim albums. had it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it, yeah. 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 Do, so do you find what I said, though, Billy? Like it's just a little too many things going on or what yeah what, yeah no I, I think that's fair jason i mean the one interesting thing so i do want to you know i'll probably stream it and hear it because i people who like the old stuff are complaining that this is like a, a shift in style and sound yeah 
yeah i'm yeah, curious yeah, yeah. to see what it sounded like they were shifting into more technical metal but i don't know if that's true that's what i was reading yeah was, I, think I, I did give it a listen and it, it's very tech death yeah. for sure yeah I but I, I didn't listen to anything previous so yeah and like kim said it's very technical but their early stuff is a bit more palatable if you're into like just kind of old school death metal it sounds like incantation it has that cavernous kind of sound like incantation has but this one is definitely more uh definitely more technical and out there out there okay and a number 12 album is black braid title album title two and uh jason and kim i know you know this band better than billy does so which one of you want to say stuff about this album yeah i, I think i'd say oh go ahead kim <laughs> I was just going to say, I, when it came out, I think I played it on repeat for about three months, but it didn't make my list. Yeah, I maybe I'll add to that. Uh, I <laughs> I got into this band because of Kim. She put it on repeat for three months, and I was like, <laughs> this fucking album is, it really caught me. It's a really great album. It's really catchy. But then there was some shit that happened with the band that, uh, you know, changed some my controversy. Opinion controversy they played in norway at a festival we've been at to midgard's blot um which is a very inclusive festival um with um you know bands from every genre every race every walk of life very inclusive very welcoming yeah it's kind of like the theme of midgard's blot i think is yeah you yeah. know it's yeah. like we welcome everyone and black braid who blew up over the past Alleg allegedly yeah they they blew up over the last year um and became a really really like everyone was like blackberry 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 so they invited them to the festival and they happened to be native american um the main songwriter uh john krieger um and there was an issue where uh one of the band members got drunk and was being kind of a, I guess, lack of a better word, douchebag in front of the stage. And the security asked him, can you take it backstage? We have an area for you guys in the backstage. You can go there. I think he fell asleep. I think he fell, yeah, he I think fell he was, asleep. And they didn't. sleeping. Yeah. And so Norway has pretty, like, it's it's not like North America. They have pretty strict, you know, uh, laws about this stuff. Like, you, you know, being drunk in public or passing out or, or things like that. So it, yeah. it's much more reserved there yeah. um like for for example like you know being at beyond the gates this year you know you don't you don't see you don't see that the um extreme stage diving and, and mosh pits and stuff like yeah they they dabble in a little bit but uh it's it's not like you see around here like it, no, the security it, kind of really puts a stop to that it's quite jarring actually when yeah. you go there and you're like what's wrong with these people they're not moving like are they enjoying it like what's going on but then you kind of realize you know you go there often enough that this is this is just a, a norm you know yeah. the, the culture so yeah. and they do have these very strict laws so security guy asks band member you know like we have beds for you backstage you know can you please like go to bed basically <laughs> <laughs> and then he ended yeah. up spitting in the face of the security guard and a big thing happened and, and then the band called it they they played the race card and said well they got they got kicked out actually yeah. 
Yeah. They, well, they they eventually they got asked to leave. Like eventually, yeah. it was like you need you need to leave. Like you're you're being very disrespectful. And then they went spitting, on spinning yeah. on people and and stuff. Then so. they went on social media and used the race card and blamed Midgard's Blot for being racist against Native Americans, and it was just something we didn't expect from this band. Oh. And you know what? I don't like to mix politics with my metal, but you know, there's certain lines. If you cross those lines, I don't know if I can be a supporter anymore. I still love the music, but, and I, I, I'm sure you agree, Kim, the music is still great, but uh, there's just some things that, uh, you know, can change. You know what though? Like everybody fucks up, everybody makes mistakes. And I, I just, you know, I hope they learned from it. And yeah. Yeah, they're pretty young, and I hope. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, they learn from. It. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a really good uh, songwriter. Yeah. So he has a, definitely has a lot of talent. So. Yeah. Yeah. So okay, that's why I didn't make we'll... the year end list, but. <laughs> yes. I was surprised actually when I got your list and it wasn't on. Yeah. <laughs> but of course, I know why too. Okay, then we go to number eleven, and we got incantation with unholy deification. Wait, don't you Holy, mean defecation? Did I say that right? <laughs> Unholy defecation would have been like the best. Whatever. Unholy something. Anyway. <laughs> I, I, went no, I think all three of you are fans of this band, aren't you? So who wants to go first? <laughs> Billy, uh, you want to go first? Do you yeah, like them? I, I, forget. Actually, I, I just picked this one up, believe it or not, okay. like two weeks ago. So I've only uh, spun it twice. So I'm probably uh, I like what I'm hearing, but just just too early. Uh, I, I can't weigh in yet. Okay, camera, Jason. Uh, well, Incantation, uh, one of my favorite bands. I think, you know, they're dark, they're blasphemous, they're brutal, they're heavy, um, they're consistent and. Great work, um, consistent. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they really are for sure, and yeah. they're great people. Uh, so maybe I'm a little biased because you yeah. know, just they're your friends. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this album was great. Uh, it it was it was very doomy, which I I I, I dig it. I I was into that. Um, and of course, it's very evil. Uh, th these are things that I hold in high regards. Uh, very extreme. I I one thing I'll say about it is that like. I wish the production was like a little bit, I don't know what the word is, but um, I don't want to say fuller because it's not like it was hollow, but it's just like, it just wasn't loud enough or, 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 you know, low enough or, or something. Uh, but it's the funny you mentioned great. that though, because they, the last album, that's kind of what they went for a fuller sound, more low end. And then John was like, this sounds too clean. This yeah, sounds but too I, polished. And I agree with you. I agree with you. But it, it, but the last time it was a little too, like you said, too polished. Like it was too, it was too clean. But yeah. I mean, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll put like Dying Fetus album on from this year. And it's so fucking loud. It's so yeah, fucking it's got low. A punch. Yeah. Yeah. But if, if you go straight from that to like Incan's new album, uh, which is a, a really, really great album and great songwriting and great solos and, and great riffs and, and good hooks and stuff. But but it, it's the, the change in the sound, yeah. you know, really uh, is it's 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 hard to not notice. Yep. Yep. 
I, I would agree. It made my year-end list, and I, I love the album. Um, I think it's one of my favorite Incantation albums uh, in a long time. Um, I wish there was more punch, like Kim was saying, and maybe a little bit more bottom end. Um, but as she mentioned, the solos are awesome. They have the Luke, who is uh, the guitar player now, full-time guitar player. He was only a touring musician over the last... I guess 10 years or so, but has been welcomed into the band full time and as a great addition and lead player. Yeah. And he is really, really um, proven his, uh, his uh, abilities and um, really kind of um, adds a lot to incantation sound. So I'm really excited for the next album. That was. Uh, and they're, they're like cool. one of those bands. If you go see them live, like they really interact with the crowd. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. They, yeah. Yeah, like you feel. Yeah, like... you saw him, Billy, right? They were really cool with the crowd, and yeah, no, unfortunately, that incantation suffocation show, I Did had to make it. Tickets, but the previous week, I went to like a show and got super sick. So, oh, I... oh right, yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, Shit, yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, yeah. incantation are they're they're playing Wacken, so I'll see them uh, later uh, next year. Cool, nice. Yeah. Okay, at number 10, we got another black metal band. So I know this will be a Jason and Kim discussion. <laughs> and I think the band's name is Shooter. <laughs> and yeah. the album title is Helviger. Yep. Am I close? You're right. <laughs> Jason, I, I, you want to speak about it? Sure. Um, it was my number one album of the year. So uh, uh, Shooter's been a, a black metal band that has existed from Norway for many, many years. They're one of the old guards. Um this album, I can't remember how many. I think they're like seven or eight albums in. Uh, I don't know. I think it's one of the the best sounding black metal albums of all time. And I mean, I mean that in a way that it's not too raw and it's not too polished. It's just kind mm -hmm. of perfect balance of like both raw and um, a bit more polished sounding and uh, it really comes across really 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 well um they really surprised me with this one they did a lot of different things that they haven't done there's a lot more melody with some of the songs a lot more thought put into the songs as far as the songwriting um they haven't compromised their aggressiveness and viciousness at all it's a super super yeah. aggressive album um, I have to agree with that. Like, even though they introduce like some melody and stuff like that, like it's consistently evil. And it's like, yeah, yeah. at any point in the album, you're just like, yeah, this is, you know, yeah, true Norwegian, true Norwegian black metal and like, I would, score, through the whole thing. Absolutely. And I would say to people who aren't into black metal so much, give this album a spin, because I think it it kind of bridges a gap between not only black metal, but just extreme metal in general. Like, it's just just a really awesome extreme metal album. If you take, if you just were to wipe out what you know of black metal, if you don't like black metal or not into it and just listen to the album as an extreme album, you could probably appreciate many things about the album. Like it's just, I think it's beyond mm -hmm. black metal in a way. It's very, it's not technical, but there's enough technicality to it that it kind of transcends, I guess what most people know of black metal. Um, yeah, just a super, super awesome album. Suter is one of those bands that have like always like safeguarded the 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 original, you know, values of black metal. Uh, black like, metal. They're, yeah. 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 They're like, <clears throat> you know, we don't sell. I mean, I, I, I'm not I don't have an opinion on 
what selling out in black metal is because i i i like a lot of gear cradle of health (laughs) sure but you know i i i some of my favorite black metal bands are bands that have like evolved you know over time and become more progressive or more experimental or you know they're like enslaved right yeah Yeah. you listen to their like look at oliver you listen to their modern stuff and and you wouldn't even recognize them from you know their first albums yeah so you know that that you know i don't discriminate against that but you know when you want when you want something or a band that's just you know staying true to you know the original uh persona Shooter is one of those bands it's funny you said it because like even though shooter safeguards or you know they're the gatekeepers of black metal i don't consider this album a black metal album like i don't know what it is about it like something about it just i think is i think because they've been around so long and the songwriting is so not diverse but different from what they've done i i just think of it as a really great extreme metal album you know i don't like to i don't like to i interviewed um what's his name again kim no uh, what is it no knock yeah the uh singer and guitar player for um suitor recently for not recently if several months ago for um for the metal pit and uh yeah he was very like we are black metal black metal black metal black metal black metal <laughs> and i didn't want to like fight him on that but to me it's just a really good extreme metal album <clears throat> I guess I should give it a try then. Like, I'm not a big black metal fan, but based on what you're saying, this might be one for me to try. Yeah. Well, I mean, Billy, I mean, to be fair, you're going to put it on and your first impressions are going to be like, wow, this is extreme black metal, but you have to like listen through it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a bit deeper. Okay. Number nine, we got Swedish metal band Catatonia with Sky Void of Stars. Uh, Kim, you want to talk about this one? Because I know you like them, for sure. Yeah. So Catatonia uh, is one of those bands that I think uh, people either either they get it or they don't. You know, you love them or you hate them. Um, they're very powerful in their lyrics. And, and uh, but, you know, it's it's for people who like to get deep. I think um, or or people that like birds are saying a lot about birds. <laughs> yeah, they got a thing with birds, but yeah, um you know, I'm one of those people that that gets this band and I really love them and I you know, I get into these moods where I could just listen to Catatonia for days and um you know, uh, songs that I like on every album, but this this album uh really spoke to me in a lot of ways, you know, I, I also think that Catatonia is really like coming into themselves. If you listen to, you know, they they also were a band that started with, you know, death metal uh, vocals and stuff. And they, they and then they went through a period where, um, you know, they kind of went into clean singing. But, you know, there, it was sort of a little bit awkward because, you know, he hadn't found his voice. And and but interestingly, I love those albums. Like, I love the the sort of awkward out of tune vocals on on some of those like mid albums uh and and I would never change them uh, uh but I think that the passion that comes from this band uh it really feels like you're you're staring into their souls when you listen to their music and this current album um 
you know, a lot of good lyrical content, like uh, Opaline, Opaline, however you say it, like, you know, a song about like, you know, realizing you're getting old and shit like that. Not saying that I'm old, but maybe I am. And, uh, but I think, I think they've, they're at a point right now where they've really found their identity and, and they just make these really, really great songs. Uh, Billy, do you want, do you like, I don't know if, I know they're not on your list. Do you listen to Catatonia? Yeah, no, I, I'm not the, the biggest fan, but I, I, I do enjoy this album. Um, it, you know, like, uh, I think deep is the right way to describe this band. They are pretty deep and thoughtful. Um, but you know, for me, just, yeah, I, I find the songwriting like very dynamic. Uh, you know, like yeah, they, they could be heavy, but they have these nice soft passages. Mm-hmm. Uh, the contrast, yeah. well, like it really, uh, it's really sticking with me. And the choruses are so memorable. Uh, like, yeah, with every listen i'm like getting more and more absolutely so i I didn't make my list but you know uh the more i listen to it the more i'm enjoying it so uh maybe i i picked this one up a bit late but uh it's really uh starting to uh to grow on me okay and a number eight album is the death metal band suffocation with their ninth studio album suffocation sorry i think i said that (laughs) and i'm gonna let somebody else say the name of the album title because i already forget how to say it (laughs) come on give it a shot hymns from the yada 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 that's what i'm saying apocrypha apocrypha Apocrypha. there you go okay who's talking about it Well, I'm just gonna say this is a badass album. Uh, but I, I'm I'm pretty sure Jason has a lot more to say about it. He reviewed it, so well, I, I've been a suffocation fan. I think I spoke on this earlier since '93. And uh, you know, I was worried that this this album is the first uh studio album without Frank Mullen, their original longtime singer. Um uh and in his place is the new singer Ricky Myers, who's actually been the touring vocalist for many years now. Uh, when Frank couldn't get out on tour, so he's been with the band for a while. But this is—he's now the permanent full-time vocalist. And I was worried that you know, what are we going to expect from Ricky? Like this is not Frank. Frank is Frank's the tank, you know. Uh, <laughs> he, uh, he's the man, and uh, Ricky really blew me away. Um, and you know, you have the awesome duo of uh, Terrence Hobbs and um, Charlie Arago, who's the uh, the other guitarist. Charlie's a phenomenal guitar player. Uh, Charlie actually started writing some songs on this new album for the first time, um, which is really, really cool. I love Charlie. Uh, we got to hang out with him, and he was a really, really cool guy, eh, Kim? Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Derek. And, uh, <clears throat> Derek. Derek Boyer, the bass player, just dropped some. One of, of my heads. favorite people to photograph. Yeah, he throws that bass on the ground and uh Yeah, yeah. He's fucking awesome. And uh yeah, it's just a super awesome album. Really solid. Um Suffocation album, probably one of my favorite albums from them in oh jeez, over ten years. So the production is perfect on this album. It's heavy. The last album was a little too I don't know, digitally processed sounding, but this album just has a real awesome low end to it, just like the early suffocation stuff. So 
Yeah, one of my favorite albums of the year. Okay, don't worry, Billy. Soon we're getting to some albums that you have on your list, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, number seven, another one not on Billy's list, but probably on Jim and Jason, Jason's list is Enslaved is the seventh album. Heimdall, the 16th studio album. And this band happens to be from Norway, which is probably why you guys love them so much. Kim, you go. You love this album more than I do, for sure. Oh, I do love this album. I, I mean, I I love all Enslaved's albums, but <clears throat> I feel like I'm growing with Enslaved. You know, like they're growing and they're changing and they're very avant-garde. Um, <clears throat> they're like the rush the same... of black metal, right? <laughs> they are. But they're, yeah. what's what, something I always thought about Enslaved is that... <clears throat> as they were getting more experimental and more progressive and, and stuff, but they always keep their black metal in their songs, you know, and mm -hmm. the transition between the black metal and the, and the progressiveness uh, has always felt really awkward to me. And that, that's something that like, I, I identify with enslaved as these like awkward changeovers and stuff, but, but they, but they, you know, but it's cool. And, and, mm -hmm. and I dig it. And, uh, you know they have two phases in a way you know they hang on to the roots but they also grow and explore and um one one thing i think that is uh cool about this album is uh the the drummer um is now the clean vocalist and uh he does a really really great job um he's one of my favorite clean vocalists of all time i think he's fucking incredible yeah and every time i listen to this band it takes me to norway in my mind yeah. you know yeah. they just there's something about like it, it really um uh i don't know something tied but, yeah. to that country like it, yeah. you just feel right yeah and they yeah. put on a great show a really yeah. really great show yeah yeah and, and there's a lot of history in this band and in um a lot of uh very talented people yeah, I, I would agree wholeheartedly with Kim. I'm, I've been a black, uh, sorry, an enslaved fan since the mid '90s. I saw them in London, Ontario, in 1995 when they were just kids at a small club, and uh, been a fan ever since. But like Kim said, they're now just a progressive metal band, like similar to Suter. I don't really see them as black metal, but like Kim said, they they've never lost. They even with every album. They get more progressive, um, like Rush. So if you're a progressive metal fan, you'd probably love Enslaved. Um, but they do still hold on to the black metal roots within the song structure. So you can hear, um, you know, their roots, but you get this incredible progressiveness from the band. That's just unlike anything else in metal, I would say. Um, they really explore different things like Voivod and Rush and... Um, mm -hmm. Some of their favorite bands. We interviewed them. Ween. Bergen. Ween. Which we um, which we recently discovered. Yeah. Talking to Grudel. <clears throat> yeah, talking to the singer. We interviewed him at uh, Beyond the Gates. He talked about Voivod being his favorite band and Rush being one of his favorite bands. And yeah, one of the few black metal bands that is not afraid to explore and mm -hmm. not afraid to become, you know, uh, to become uh, masters of their instruments and just continue learning so yeah um billy i would wholeheartedly check out heimdall if you haven't because uh, i know you're a progressive metal fan and yeah. you might uh actually find something uh worthwhile in that album 
Yeah, I was going to ask you because I have uh, what is it, Utgard? I think from from Utgard, yeah. last album. I loved it actually. Yeah, it, nice. are we talking <laughs> similar style? Yeah, maybe a bit more progressive, eh, Kim? I would like, say yeah, they take it further. They take it further, yeah. I think, with this one. Yeah, yeah, gonna have to check it out. Yeah. Okay, our number six. This is on Billy's list, so we can let Billy talk first about this one. This is, <laughs> <laughs> this is Hell Ripper with their album Warlocks Grim and Withered Hags. <laughs> and this is their third studio album. Billy, what do you like, Hell Ripper? Yeah, no, Hell Ripper is a great band. It's uh, I guess they're they're primarily classified as black and thrash metal, definitely thrash metal. Uh, the vocals probably hint at, at black metal uh, to a small degree, but this is an interesting project because it it's really is a one man show. Uh, James McBain, he's a young guy from Scotland, and he does everything. Right, he has a touring band, but he's the only music studio musician. He does everything. Um, so great album, you know, best thrash album, uh, them and Overkill uh, this year, in my opinion. Uh, songwriting's getting more mature. Uh, the songs are creeping up in length this time. Um, I, for me, the the best part's always the guitar riffs uh, and the solos, like James, fantastic. Um, and, and it's the type of music, you, again, you listen to it more and more, and you really see how brilliant the songwriting is. Everything is in a place uh for a reason like he, he's, he's a young guy but he's very smart uh he knows his metal and so it, it's the type of band that can really appeal to uh to i think all genres of metal um so yeah if you haven't heard of them definitely check them out They're a great band from uh, or a great one guy from uh from <laughs> scotland uh really cool stuff oh is it one man band yeah yeah well he has a touring band but he plays everything yeah oh cool cool yeah yeah yeah, that's cool. Yeah, okay, they're outside of, outside of my scope, so I don't really have much to say about them. Uh, I did listen to them the other day, and, uh, you know, definitely interesting and something I should definitely check out a bit more. Okay, our number five album, I think, is high on all your lists, if I remember correctly, and that is Dying Fetus with their ninth studio album, Make Them Beg for Death. Who wants to go first? Well, they were my number one. Okay, then you should go first. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Dime Fetus never disappoints me. Uh, I think the production on this was perfect. Songwriting was perfect. This is an album that, like, I don't know what to listen to. I throw on Dime Fetus, I'm happy in, like, two seconds. Um, th th this, is, this is my go-to music, um, so maybe a little biased, but, uh, yeah, always a little controversial definitely always brutal the vocal the vocal style that dying fetus has like that really like guttural shit like i love that um so i mean really this band can do no wrong for me and i think probably my most listened to album this year absolutely and uh, billy you want to talk about it too yeah no i think it's a great album it's uh i had it i think fourth uh and as i continue to listen to it you know if i if i redid my list uh, it'd probably be up to third. Um, you know, I think Kim's dead on. It's brutal, but it's interesting because the songs are still catchy and they have these massive hooks to dig into. Um, so so it just makes the, the song so memorable. I, I always tell people, like, uh, personally, I think this is uh, a, a great sort of uh, intro band to death metal. Uh, and this album in particular, it just, uh, there's something to grab onto in, in all these songs. 
Um, and also like very, I don't know if it's a word mossy, but you know, they have these parts that just make you want, if I was 20 years younger, uh, I'd be in the mosh pit hearing these songs live. Just, yeah. I call those uh, pit riffs. Definitely. Yeah. 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 Pit yeah. Riff, whatever, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Mosh riffs or yeah, they're a fantastic album. Great stuff. And Jason, do you want to add anything? Yeah, I mean, just a solid album. You, a band that uh, never disappoints from album to album. Um, you know, uh, just legendary. Uh, they make you bang your head involuntarily. They make you bang your head. Yep, seeing them live is fucking incredible. Uh, if you ever want to see a pit, just go absolutely insane. Um, just go to a dying fetus show and wait for one of their incredible breakdowns. And there you go. That's just yep. the uh, epitome of a, of a pit. Um, yeah. And uh, love the album. It was cool. Okay. And a number fourth album is from Cannibal Corpse with Chaos Horrific. And uh, Jason, you want to go first on Cannibal Corpse? Yeah. I mean, Cannibal Corpse for many, many years. I am not so much a fan of the Corpse Grinder era of Cannibal. I got to be honest. I just not. So they kind of lose me. I don't really get into their albums. I have a question for Chris you. Chris Barnes. Yep. Yeah. But would you like Chris Barnes back in the band? Uh, if, you know. <laughs> current I, I, Chris Barnes. Not current Chris Barnes because I'm not a six feet f- under fan at all. I think he sounds like a fucking... <laughs> idiot i don't know what's wrong with his vocals these days but um uh, the corpse grinder is a cool dude i mean yeah nothing against the band or corpse grinder at all it just i prefer the the chris barnes era stuff and i've never really gotten i find that the band is just too one-dimensional now but if you go back to like albums like uh butchered at birth tomb of the mutilated um the bleeding there's just there's just this dynamism to those albums that they haven't replicated ever since i think now they just focus they're too technical and uh it loses that cannibal corpse brutality that i loved so much back in the day like i don't know like yeah great they're all incredible musicians and like every album is a solid album no doubt but to me it just sounds too samey from every album every album I think uh, Corpse Grinder album is just a bit too samey. Something happened. I think Cannibal is a band that like um, suffers from, you know, they're one of those bands that have been around for a long time. So <clears throat> they put out a lot of albums and obviously yeah. they've changed over time. And they have a lot of fans who were into them in the beginning. And then they have a lot of fans who got into them later in their catalog. And yeah. so, you know, it's, difficult to please everybody and <clears throat> cannibal actually didn't make my list but i was listening to it earlier today again this album and and you know if i were to remake my list like billy said uh but earlier uh i would probably put them on it because i don't know something about this this spin um i don't know maybe i just get it now but it it's got some catchy riffs. It's got some it good does. hooks. It yeah. was, yeah. I, I, I prefer the riffs that slow down. Like when they slow things down and there's a bit of a groove, that reminds me of the old Cannibal Corpse when they had a bit of a groove and like those riffs just had some <clears throat> some uh, balls behind them. Now it's just like all the time. And like, I, I can't slow it down, Cannibal Corpse, and I'll be back. <laughs> there you go. And Billy, do you want to add anything to that one? Yeah, I enjoyed it actually. I uh, 
I had it sort of middle of my list. I think Jason's right in the set for me that the early albums happen to be my favorite albums, but I still enjoy, uh, the, you know, the, the Corpse Grinder albums. And, you know, I'd say particularly the last two, uh, like Eric, Eric Rutan's fitting in quite nicely. I think he's reinvigorated the band a little. Um, and so, you know, I, I and some of the technicality and uh, you know that have that surgical sort of technical precision i like that so so it kind of works for me um and i also enjoy corpse grinder as a singer uh especially live i think he's uh he's quite the character live he's fun um, yeah he's yeah, fun, fun dude yeah. so, so i enjoyed it and i still enjoy the band and i still really enjoy the live set to this day well, yeah, my so favorite cannibal corpse singer is Jim Carrey, of course. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Okay. Can't argue with that. <laughs> anyway, okay. Number three, we got Primordial with How It Ends, their 10th <laughs> studio album. Uh, who wants to go? Kim, you want to talk this one first? Ah, oh, Primordial. What can I say? Um uh, I, I always thought that the, the name of the band was like just so perfect for them because they really truly are a primordial feeling band. Like these guys go back to the roots. Like they, 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 Celtic you know, roots, they're right? alive in the wrong time, you know, um, very historical. And they really um, have a way of like bringing out that tribal feeling in you, you know, like the stuff that's deep down in your DNA that, you know, we kind of, forget about in in today's society and um yeah like they take you places they take you back and and this album was really really great some of my most played songs of the year um absolutely love it uh absolutely love seeing them live this year um yeah yeah they deserve that spot and jason do you want to add anything i just agree with kim i think that uh, they bring out something deep down inside that uh is missing um and they really kind of capture that and every song um there's an attachment to it that i i don't necessarily get from other metal bands like there's just something intrinsic to their music to the spirit of Very both metal and and just being alive and historically there's just they really bridge that gap I think between um, there's not a lot of bands who can sing about the themes they do and really put that person in that moment. But Primordial is one of those bands and uh, the new album, they do it um, perfectly in spades. So love them. No, I read that it might be the last. Have you heard anything about that? No. I just read that oh. on somebody's somebody's oh, review anything. thought that it might be their last album, but I don't know anything about them. So Fuck that just, person. Well, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what they look like. Dark rumors and shit. <laughs> <laughs> Billy, do you listen to them? Did you want to add anything to that one? No, don't know them, but I, I have it flagged. They're playing Wacken uh, this year, so I'll oh. definitely check them out. Okay, well, the top two albums are actually, they match Billy's top two. So number two is an old, old thrash metal band with their 20th album, and that is Overkill and their album Scorch. So we'll let Billy start on this one. 
Yeah, no, great album. And it's so interesting, right? Like I think back, you know, this, you know, Overkill and our number one band, I won't give it away, but stuff that I listened to, you know, in the uh, late 80s, uh, early 90s and grew up with, you know, if you ask me back then, would these bands still be putting out killer albums in the 2020s? I'd be like, I, you know, I'm just amazed at all that so many of these old bands are still going strong, uh, still very relevant and you know uh they still have a lot to teach the young uh young and up and coming band so uh, i think it's a, a fantastic album you know as heavy and fast uh, as the old stuff but with better songwriting right they've gotten more mature uh lots of surprises strong hooks use of melody um you know even some like interesting uh sing-along choruses here um just all very memorable um you know the last three or four i mean every album that overkill has put out uh over the last decade has been uh excellent and just just on a roll and, and bobby still sounds great um so yeah a big fan of this album my thrash album of the year for sure and Kim, I know they're on your list too. Do you want to add to it? Yeah, I mean, what it, it's overkill. Um, it, this is this is the band I put on when I when I I'm on my way to a show and I want to get pumped up, like uh, consistently uh, full of energy. And and this album, you know, it just is on par with anything else they've released. And and uh, yeah, they I'm not surprised they're number two. And Jason, do you want to add to this overkill? Yeah, I think it's a consistent album. You know, I I prefer, you know, <clears throat> Years of Decay and stuff before that. Anything post Years of oh, Horoscope was okay. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like they're paint by numbers a lot with a lot of their newer albums, but it's still really, really good quality thrash. Like, uh, I, it's unbelievable how long they're they've been going, like Billy said, but... Uh, you know, I'll, I'll still prefer to put on something like Years of Decay or Under the Influence or something like that. But still an awesome band. Unbelievable. They've been going this long. They formed in 1980, so I think that's yeah. the oldest group on our list. Yeah. <laughs> and our number yeah, one they're, album they're, is... They're, not that they're, they're still making lists, so yeah, that's, that's something. Crazy. Yeah. Still making top five. Yeah. <laughs> And our first is Obituary with Dying of Everything. And I'll let Jason start this one off. I have to say that I'm really surprised, not that it's a bad album at all, because I love the album, but I'm really, really, really surprised at how many year in lists this is making and closer to the top, if not number one. Um, you know, for a band that's been around as long as they have, uh, I'm going to do a plug here. Um, I got this for Christmas. I don't know if you can see it, but it's the Scott Burns Sessions. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, a Life and Death Metal, 1987 to 1997. So he produced all the early, um, he was the engineer and producer of all the early death metal albums, like, like Obituary's first album, their first demo, in fact. And reading all the stories in this, um, about these early recordings, it's incredible to me, incredible to me that the band really hasn't changed at all in <laughs> the past 35 years and uh that checks out like they really haven't no like that groove no, is they still really there haven't. that heaviness yeah. like john tardy yeah. his vocals um yeah. you know donald tardy just incredible behind the drum sure there's been different guitars come and go but i mean 
super consistent band and one of the bands that I think keeps death metal relevant to the younger generations. Like if you go to an obituary show, um, you, you'll see that not only are the old school like us there, but mainly it's just the young kids that are there. So uh, they're keeping death metal alive. And uh, I'll tell you, I used to have dreams when I was young of little dreams every night i would have a dream i've loved them so much that i was hanging out with obituary we'd go to mcdonald's and then run into <laughs> all my friends my friends would be like oh my god you're hanging out with obituary i still feel that way today about the band like they're just like one of those bands that obviously they're not metallica but to me in the death metal sense they're metallica they're the metallica of death metal yeah and i uh, feel that that checks out and yeah. this this album is they're so catchy and Fuck so and groovy. groovy. Yeah. 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 And yeah, Billy, like, you had them as your number one. So what would you like to add? Yeah, no, I mean, so maybe I'm biased, but like Obituary's been my favorite band uh since slowly we rod came out. So uh they'd have to really mess up for me to not like them, but you know, <laughs> I, I agree, right? I mean they know what they do well and that's what they deliver. Uh right. We're not, you know, we talked about some of the bands like Enslave that, you know, greatly evolved through time, but obituaries, you know, largely delivering the the same stuff. But even this album, like I did think there were, you know, it, it was a little more thrashy at times or or a little bit of doom mixed in there. So they try to like tweak it a little bit but yeah it's that heavy you know groove obituary sound that that keeps me coming back um and John Tardy, I mean, uh, you know, his, he sounds as good as he did on Slowly We Rot, right? Like going oh, yeah. all the way back to that. I mean, how does he keep singing like that all these years mm -hmm. later? And this is a heavy touring band. I mean, these guys, like when I lived in the U.S., they, they were hitting, which is why I've seen them so many times. Like they, they were on tours like three or four times every year. Yeah. Uh, hit Philadelphia so uh, they're just relentless and so I mean in a way that's probably just gotten them so tight uh, in their playing that uh, you know they're fantastic still live so uh, one thing I learned about John Tardy is from this book is that back in the day like slowly we rot and and complete he wasn't saying anything his no. lyrics were just nonsense yeah, he was just <laughs> yeah. making sounds yeah. now yeah. this new album you can actually hear he's writing lyrics and and uh literally has something to say these days <laughs> yeah yeah and i mean yeah definitely consistent band but i whenever i listen to that track uh the wrong time i'm like yeah. what genre is this anyways yeah right yeah, yeah. like what is it but it, i don't care because it's so good and i love it so groovy. but yeah yeah but i guess still experimental in a way you know like they kind of don't give a fuck and and i love it yeah and Donald just sort of, uh, you know, goes against the uh, death metal stereotype, right? He rescues cats. Yeah, metal meow litter. Yeah, like they're just called. nice guys as well, right? So it's cool stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's our top 15 list of 2023. Is there any albums anybody wanted to talk about that didn't make the list that are important to you? What about Metallica? Anyone have any? Oh, are we going to go there? I didn't know we were starting our disappointments. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we could. Let's talk about Metallica disappointment. Um, I don't know. I don't didn't listen to the album enough. But Blake, uh, do you have? Uh, or oh, I think I don't well, know. 
from my perspective, it, it, it right away, like I gave it a shot. Uh, it's a, it's an hour and 20 minutes. Like no band should be putting out an hour and 20 minutes. It's just That's ridiculous. You know, and and yeah. I, I, sure. I love the first four albums and nothing's been as good as the first four albums, but it's not about that. Right. Like it's the same thing happening with Iron Maiden, right? The, these bands have become so big that nobody's sort of giving advice in the studio, right? These songs need to be cut back, reduced. There's filler in there. Take that hour and 20 minutes and, and take all the best ideas and put out a 45 minute uh, album or a 50 minute album. Like it just, yeah. there's some great ideas in there. I like some of the songs, like three or four of the songs, but just too much filler on there uh, uh, and just over bloated. And they just, they need a producer who can stand up to the band and cut this stuff back. Bring uh, Fleming back. Jeez. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh well um uh sorry I keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> well, was there any? I I actually I couldn't really think of anything that like truly disappointed me this year, so I can't contribute. Okay, so I was gonna say no. I do like the song Lux Eterna though. I love that oh, song. Oh, that song's awesome. I know <laughs> it's only three minutes, but I wish there was more songs like that on it. But yeah, like do you remember when that single came out and how hopeful you were for the new Metallic album? <laughs> Well, oh I don't know God. if I listened. Did I listen to the single? And then like, you were disappointed I wait for the album. For like well, see, I didn't mind. Time. I didn't mind the album as much. I mean, I know it's still no first four albums, but you guys love the Overkill album. I didn't like that album. It bored me to death, really. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I liked the 2017 album a lot, but the new one, I didn't like it at all. But that might just be me because I'm old, getting older, and all that stuff. So I don't know, but. Kim, there was one we were talking about earlier today that was a disappointment. I can't remember what it was. We were going to bring it up, but um, do you remember? Not too long ago. Oh, fuck, I can't remember. Album or show or concert, do you mean? like? No, it was an album. Uh, yeah, I didn't compile a list. There's not a lot of disappointments. I tend to not yeah. explore outside of my realm to be too disappointed but uh um oh it was uh immortal oh immortal yeah mm -hmm. yep. yeah i mean it wasn't a terrible album it just like there was there was nothing nothing grabbed me from it you know it was just um yeah just paint by numbers. Well, I just saw today Black Immortal Black. was high on another website's list, but you know, different yeah. people like different things. I've seen I have a like... lot of disappointments, but I'm not gonna get into those. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the immortal make a few year end disappointment lists, so I don't think we're the only ones. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, what about just... uh, do you is there any albums you're looking forward to next year that you know of that are coming out? Yep. Well, what are they? <laughs> Do you guys want me to go first? Sure. I'm go gonna first. I'm gonna steal them all from you. Uh <laughs> so obviously DSI. Uh just put out a track uh maybe a week ago on Christmas, I think. Merry Christmas from DSI. Uh which was a really killer track. Uh did it have a Christmas like title? Something Your God. Let's see. Can't remember. Something go fuck but, your god and <laughs> yeah oh sorry Bur bury the cross that's what it's called bury the cross great tune so really looking forward to a new dsi album uh also um 
nothing's been announced, but I think probably my favorite find this year, favorite band that I got into this year is a band called Ilton. Uh, and um, they put out a, a, a track called Miss Land this year. And so I went back and listened to their previous album, which I think was like 2022 or something like that. And absolutely fell in love with it. Uh, definitely new favorite band. Um, you know, I, I think the vocalist, um, you know, um, could be the next Vortex. I don't know. I mean, just going to throw that out there. Uh, so I'm really, really looking forward to what they do. And if they, I, I, I predict, this is a prediction. I predict they're going to put something out in, in the next year. And I hope they do. And I'm really looking forward to it. And I really want to see them live. So they're now on my um, live concert bucket list. And lastly, Borknagar, mm. which I think might be my favorite band of all time. And uh, they got an album coming out in a few months. Uh, they released a track called Summit uh, not too long ago, This couple, in the last couple of weeks. It is a beautiful song. Um, I can't wait to listen to the album. So Jason, do you have any other ones? You let Billy go first. Billy, do you have uh, any? Yeah, I, I definitely have some. I'll go really quick because I know we're running uh, a bit along. Uh, new Sabotage. Uh, I've been waiting for this for decades. Um, it looked like it was coming out for sure. Then John got injured. So I'm not going to hold my breath. Definitely not. But uh, hopefully we get that. Two great uh, Quebec uh, thrash death bands from the 80s, uh, ref you know, reformed and are putting out albums in 24, The Dead Brain Cells, DBC, uh, and Oblivion, two of my favorite bands I grew up with. Uh, new Judas Priest songs sound pretty cool. That's coming out. Uh, supposed to get the uh, new Merciful Fate King Diamond. So fingers crossed that finally comes out one or, or both, probably one. Uh, looks like a new Anthrax. They're they're recording the vocals right now. Uh, Atheist album and the last one, Dream Theater. I think it'll be interesting to hear the new album with Mike uh, Portnoy back. Uh, but that's yeah. what I had. And Jason? Yeah, that's, I was going to say new Anthrax uh, in production, like uh, Billy said. Uh, looking forward to that. I don't know how many of these have confirmed, but uh, um, new Annihilator coming, uh, hopefully 2024. New Dark Angel, uh, which is in production right now. Super excited about that. It's been a long time since we had a Dark Angel album. Um, new Exodus uh, coming. Uh, new Fear Factory. New Flotsam and Jetsam. Um, I think... Uh, Man, there's so many good ones. Uh, the so Carrie King, yeah, the Carrie King solo album. Oh yeah, um, yeah. looking yeah. forward to that. That should be out in 2024. Yeah, lots of thrash, like Kim said. New Morbid Angel, uh, they're in production right now. New Nile, uh, supposed to be out this year. Um, looking forward to that. Um, wow. No Pestilence, um, Sacred really? Reich, another Rotting Christ, Satyricon uh yeah lots of uh suicidal tendencies are in production right now so they're satiricon about... it's been a while for them yeah it's been a while um new testament album uh they're in production right now too uh new wasp album um in production uh yeah lots of uh lots of good stuff. y and t i'm a big y and t fan they're in production cool. right now too on a new album you know um, what i'm looking forward to what seeing sodom 
Oh yeah, Sodom. We're gonna yeah, be seeing great. Sodom. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's going to be so good. Uh, oh, uh, in March. In, in Germany. The, no, the, oh, oh, yeah, Germany. Oh. So a couple, we're going to see him in a couple months. That's right. At uh, the yeah. Dark Easter Metal Meeting in uh, Munich. Which we'll be covering for... Um, for The Metal Pit. Yep, The Metal Pit. So yeah, They're a great live band. Yeah. Yeah, um, you seen them? Yeah, quite a few times. Yeah. I, I really hope to hear Agent Orange. That's I've never seen them, and that's my bucket list. If they oh, play yeah. that, yeah. then I'm happy. <laughs> they always play that, so you should be nice. Fun. Good, good. Okay. Yeah, we have we're kind of running long, so I think I'm gonna wrap it up here. But I want to thank all three of you for joining me on the podcast. Thank you. And fun. for Thanks, being, Blake. of course, on the Metal Pit website this year, because now we have three people that tour all around the world and see a whole bunch of concerts. So we get to cover more stuff here on our website, the Metal Pit. So it's awesome. And also what, thank what? all the other writers, of course, that we have. But I already probably did that in the last couple episodes, too. <laughs> so is there anything exciting coming up for the Metal Pit that we can expect in 2024 other than what you just said? Any, uh, any, uh, spoiler. Well, <laughs> Uh, well, I don't have anything on my... or what? You'll have to you'll have to follow us to find out. Yeah. Yes. Do you do you follow us, Jason? <laughs> I don't. I don't even know. I barely remember the name sometimes. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> okay. So um, anyway, so yeah. next week we'll be back to our regular programming, I guess we'll say, and we'll be back to another classic metal album. But I don't know what that is yet because I haven't looked that far in advance. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, so we do look forward to a great year next year at the Metal Pit and on our podcast. So I thank everybody for listening, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Cheers, everyone. Bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.